Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Harry Wakes right to the last. Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs that actually feels a little bit more like the last rights on Spurs at the moment. I'm Richard Cracknell. Uh, Where do we start? I'll tell you where we start by introducing uh, three guests this evening who've quite kindly, madly, call it what you want, decided uh, to come in and uh, form this support group and try and make sense of what is going on at the moment at Tottenham Hotspur. First up, a man uh, fresh from YouTube, always on the YouTubes. Uh, he loves a bit of the YouTubes and the social medias and very good at it he is to check out his YouTube channel. Why don't you? Because it's full of great content. It is Mr. Chris Carlin. Evening, Chris. Good evening, Crackers. How are you doing? Uh yeah, I, I'm okay. I try, I try and departmentalize uh, my mind, and like, there's life, and then life with Spurs. So I'm doing fine, but life with Spurs is is tough going at the moment. I don't know about you. It's very tough. It is very, very tough. Uh, you know, it's, it seems to be the same old stuff, week in, week out at the moment. Very, very disappointing. We all feel very low yet again. Uh, you know, you think that you can you know, go for that top four spot, uh, you know, teams lost last week, you know, teams won this week, uh, making it very hard. We're now six, six points away from that top four spot. Champions League football is very, very important for a club like Spurs, particularly, you know, keeping Harry Kane, you know, all the reports this week about him wanting Champions League football and rightly so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very depressing. And, uh, you know, when you're talking about the same things week in, week out, um, 
you know, where do we go from here? That's the most important thing. Copy and paste, copy and paste, isn't it? And I think the word I was looking for was compartmentalise at the start of that little section. But I am from Hackney, so even knowing that word, and this is a hobby, so I'm not getting paid for this, by the way. So if I slip up with the odd word, uh, sue me. (laughs) Next up, uh, joining us, uh, a voice of reason throughout the season. See what I've done now. Uh, always good, always measured. Uh, let's hope for a little bit more of the same. Oh, I don't know. He might just go completely berserk and scream for everybody out. It is the one and only Mr. John Wenham. Evening, John. How are you doing? Hello, Rich. Yeah, I'm I, like you, mate. I'm doing fine. Tottenham are woeful, and the experience of watching Tottenham at the moment is joyless. Mm. We log, you know, we tune in, we watch these games, we build up a bit of momentum. But today, I didn't build up any momentum, I just sort of put it on and like the players, I went through the motions watching it. It was dire. This was our real chance, really, and last chance to any vague possibility of top-level European football to go for it, and we just didn't show up. And it's the same every week, Rich. We, we come on these podcasts, we talk about it, we, we try and get behind the team, but the players give us nothing to fight for, and we're yeah. just left, you know, and I'm not even sad anymore. Against Arsenal, Zagreb, I was, I was gutted. I really was. I'd, I'd put a lot of passion and support into the team over the season, and I felt let down, but now I just see it as more of the same and I can't wait for the season to be over. Yeah, yeah, you and I both, and I think everybody listening uh, as well. Um, And lastly, joining us uh, for this episode, which is going to be fun-packed, I'm sure, he says. Mm, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Please uh, welcome Mr. Lee McQueen. Evening to you, Lee. You all right, Crackers? You all right, boys? Listeners, I'm back. I bottled it last week. I'm not going to lie. I could not get on this mic. I could not get on this mic last week for the Newcastle. It hit me hard. Um, I did have an excuse. I hadn't seen my mum for a while because it was three and a half months since she'd been she'd been over through the lockdown thing. But even so, uh, you know, I always tell the truth and wear my heart on my sleeve and I could not face getting behind this mic and talking about Tottenham again for another hour, hour and a half. I'm back this week um, and I feel the same as, as John and as Chris and, and you've just said crackers, you know, at the end of the day, um, it was expected. You know, I had it down as a loss um, in my little mini table, um, which I had Newcastle down as a, as, as a win. Um, you know, so, you know, I'd have taken a draw today. But I knew we'd lose. Um, you know, we needed a win. I've taken a draw, but I knew we'd lose. And I just think that is indicative of where we are. I think uh, Lily White Rose, John, uh, put out a, a tweet earlier in the week about 50% win ratio um, at home um, this season, which is appalling, in my opinion, um, regardless of the, um, you know, regardless of no crowds or whatever it might be. You know, so it's a lottery, basically. You're draw- drawing straws. Do you think we'll win this week? Do you think we'll lose this week? Uh, there's been... Um, very, very little consistency. But then you come back to the blue book, which is, you know, I'm going to burn it, I think, to be fair. You come back to the blue book, you look at some of these stats and they are telling you a different story. Um, and I just can't fathom it. What I can fathom, though, crackers, lads, and all the listeners, this is what I can fathom. This is where I'm at right now. The club has just put out a season ticket uh, um, renewal. Mm. Um, and I'll take a season ticket whenever, um, you know, even if we're down in League Two, I think, as, as Chris Callan said on the WhatsApp group earlier, don't, don't matter to me. But there'll be a lot of fans that won't be looking at season ticket. It took five, six years to build the pride, the passion, the resilience, the determination in our squad through um, years gone by over the last five, six years. To be out on our feet 
in a Champions League semi-final and to get through and to win that game, that is resilience at the, at the highest possible level you can have. The belief and the resilience of never say die, never give up attitudes. And we had that. And I'm proud to put my apparel on. I'm proud to wear the badge. I don't think we're proud enough now as fans to wear the badge. Something toxic is flowing through the football club. Whether or not it's the, the, the manager, the players ain't a down and tools, something is not right and we need to put it right. And I know this is bigger than the Man United game today. I mean, look, how many times we lost against Manchester United? 3-0 up at half-time. Do you remember that one? Oh, and Andy Cole scores in the 47th minute. Boom, we lose 5-3. It ain't nothing new to lose to Manchester United. Having that rampaging gigs on a Sunday afternoon, I remember White, old White Hart Lane. Boom, lose 4-0 to United. It ain't, it ain't a new thing to lose to United. But it's really, really getting my goat and taxing now. That, that actually there's no pride or passion or resilience. And yes, these stories hurt me uh, and all Tottenham fans about Harry Kane. But let's be honest, do you blame him? No, 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 you can't. <sighs> I know we're going to get into it, yeah, but come yeah. on, man. Something's yeah. got to change. Stank's got to give it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, let's we'll try and keep some measure of structure to the show. I always start with a little uh, rundown of the team. And that was Lloris, Aurier, Rodon, Dyer, uh, Reggie, Hoiberg, and Dembele, Celso, Lucas, Son, and Kane. So, um, so no Sanchez and uh, a new back four again. Chris, I'll start with you. That was the 16th defensive uh, combination this this season. 16, 16 different combos i mean you can go into a lot of these like takeaway places like do you a bit of fried chicken you haven't even got that many combos up on the ball behind you know for, for a bit of saying oh, wait it's it, it's nuts and everybody to a man woman and child that follows football knows the old mantra a settled back four this can't be good can it you know what crackers even when i used to play sunday league as a kid um, you know, you'd never have that many combinations of a back four. It is crazy. And no wonder why we're shipping goals left, right and centre. You know, we fell apart in that second half. But, you know, we've said many times on, on this uh, on this podcast, I've said many times on my YouTube channel that, you know, Toby Alderweireld is no doubt the best defender at the club. And, you know, whatever grievances, whatever arguments, whatever's happened between him and Jose um, at this stage of the season, as Lee always calls it, the business end of the season, you need to be putting in your best possible 11. Mm. Um, it's, it's absolutely crazy. It really is. But I, I just think that whatever team Jose's putting out at the moment, um, you know, Lee said there that, you know, he wasn't comfortable or, or confident of winning this game today. I went for a 1-1 draw. I always go for a Tottenham Hotspur win. I always, uh, you know, whenever I go to games, if I always, uh, you know, setting off, I want to believe that my team is going to win. And I'm now at the point, and I think that this is the real turning point for me, the amount of times that I have felt like I do today, so down about watching my club, where I'm normally so positive. And, you know, I'm sorry to bring Pochettino into it. I know a lot of people say, oh, what do you keep bringing up Pochettino for? But Lee's absolutely right what he said earlier. Pochettino made us believe as Tottenham fans. You know, if you'd be sitting there and Tottenham would be 1-0 down or it would be 1-1 with 10 minutes to go, You'd be sitting there, you know, whether you'd be at home or the stadium, whatever, you'd be believing that we'd be getting that goal. 
you'd be believing that we'd be getting the three points at the end of the game. Mm. And I don't believe that anymore. I, I, I feel very, very different as a Spurs fan. And it really pains me to say that. But I feel, I feel like a lot of people feel very distant away from, you know, what, what we should be feeling um, at the moment. And, and, and like I said earlier, it feels like a bit of copy paste that we're talking about the same old stuff all the time. But there is so much wrong at the moment. And uh, I think that we are going to be very lucky to scrape um, a Europa League place, let alone a, a Champions League place at the moment. But I don't know, I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry for going off tangent here, but, you know, two weeks today is the cup final. And I think that that is absolutely huge for us fans, for Jose, for the board, for the football club in general, um, you know, and we must scrape a Europa League place. I know we did it last season for this season, but, you know, this summer is absolutely huge as well. You know, crossroads of, you know, do you want Jose Mourinho as our manager next year? You know, you've got the situation. I know you just go on and on about it, but, you know, Dele Alli, it was his birthday today, sat on the sub bench, you know, unused sub. Mm. Uh, you know, will Dele Alli be at, uh, at the club? In my opinion, I think if Jose's at the club, Dele Alli won't be and vice versa. Um, but there is just so many things wrong. You know, we could talk all night about the, the things and dissect the things that are wrong at the club at the moment. Um, but, you know, going back to your point about the starting eleven, Toby Adeverald should have been there all day long. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, coming to you, John, um, I mean, this this is a manager. Um, what's his, his salary, reported salary? Is it something like 20 million? They reckon 15 to 20 million. I would would probably sort of estimate it out. No, nobody really knows except the club and and Jose. But it's going to be in that in that ballpark. So, but you would think at fifteen to twenty million pounds a year, not only does he need to be a football manager, he needs to be a footballer manager. He needs to be able to manage these these players. And if he can't put aside the problems that he might have on a person-to-person, man-to-man level and get Toby playing and get Delhi playing, I just I just can't see why we're paying him them, them sort of bucks. Surely he has to be the daddy and, and put this right, doesn't he, in, in, his, in these relationships. And it's just baffling, like Chris said. But Toby doesn't start today. Yeah, and I, and I think the, the easy example of this, actually, everybody comes out and slams the players. They're not good enough. This one isn't good enough. We got to the Champions League final with Winks and Tizoko in the middle, right? They've now been derided as not good enough, etc. Maybe they're not good enough. Maybe they do need to move on. But another player who was derided was on the pitch today, and he was in Man United red, and that was Luke Shaw. If you believe Jose Mourinho and what he put out to the press, Luke Shaw was finished, should never be at the top level. He was outstanding today. He earned his first England call-up for two years. And he will now probably be England's starting left back at the Euros. According to Jose Mourinho, he was finished. He was the wrong attitude, wrong player. Now under a new manager, he's putting his arm around him, managing him in the right way. Like how Pochettino managed him at Southampton, we're seeing the real Luke Shaw again, who's a top quality left back. And I just find that any other manager in football could be getting more out of this group of players. However limited they are, and I think plenty of them are limited. I've put a list out of multiple players I've looked for club to move on this summer. But I feel another manager would get more out of them. And he's been paid a huge sum of money, as you said. He needs to be doing his job. And whether that's man management, whether that's even, you know, you have rows of people in life. We all do. But get mm. your arm around them and do for the good of the team. And he's not doing that at the moment. We see change week in, week out. Sanchez had had a run of five or six games. He suddenly completely vanished, not even on the bench today. Um, we've seen Bergwijn, who joined the club for £23 million. He was Holland's main starting wing forward. 
he doesn't get a look in. And Dane Scarlett, a 16-year-old striker from the academy who is very highly regarded, but is now apparently in front of him as he was on the bench last week at Villa. Um, it, some of the things that go on are alarming. These personal issues that he seems to have with players alienates them. Mm. They then pass this on to their friends in the club and it creates a whole toxic atmosphere running from the club. I mean, the decision today to leave out Aldevirod again is baffling. He's easily our best centre-half. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm pleased Rodon has stayed in. I feel like that's more pressure from within the club. They've seen how well Rodon has played on international duty with Wales and it would be laughable now not to include him. Um, but Dio is back in today, having not been seen for a number of weeks. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I just find the whole thing very, very confusing. A man that's paid a huge sum of money and he's not getting the sum of his parts from the players that he's given. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And uh, Lee, coming to you, I think, uh, you know, as John said, Chris has said, and so many people on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and listen, thank you once again, everybody, for making points and interacting with the uh, social media channels. We do really appreciate it. West Ham have shown just what you can do if you've got a manager that you want to play for and, uh, and show some belief and and just, you know, that's they're a shining example of that. You just get more out of the players than, than, than they are as individuals. You bring them together, you create this team and away they go. And, you know, it's, it's been a crazy season and there's nothing crazier than like, I've actually enjoyed watching West Ham's game today and the last couple of West Ham games more than Spurs. And I mean, if that isn't the kicking that Spurs and Jose and Enoch need is for a Spurs fan to turn around and say, I'm preferring to watch West Ham at the moment. It, I mean, I don't, I don't know what is, but you know, something, something's got to give, hasn't it? Well, it's like I said, yeah, something like, like I agree with you, something's got to give. I mean, you look at, um, just going back to a, a point that Chris uh, made, um, you know, we were playing Fulham away from home under Potticino. Um, and Harry Wink stepped up for one of his two Premier League goals and he scored in the, in the 95th minute or something, 94th minute in G. Was it in G that put a cross in? Couldn't, couldn't make it up. He didn't done anything for the rest of his career at Tottenham. But the point being is that we never gave up. We pushed for that win and we got it. You know, I remember sitting, freezing my absolute derriere off in, this, in my seat in the South Stand um, when we were absolutely struggling to break Brighton down. And then 93rd minute, Christian Eriksen stopped up, boom, have, a, have some of that, 1-0 to Tottenham. So it wasn't all rosy in the garden under Potticino, right? And, and I'm with Chris on that. But the reason why we're making the comparisons is because I started buying shirts again. I started buying apparel again. I started, I started puffing my chest out and saying, yeah, I'm a Tottenham fan. Like, I, I'm serious here, listeners. I'm mm. absolutely serious. This makes This is huge. You talk about the, the, the team selection today, and I'm not letting Pochettino off this either. I've done a Love Sports show. We did a Love Sports show back in January 2019, and I called it Hokey Cokey on the Defenders. Yeah? What, what did Rick say on the WhatsApp group today? It's um, centre-back bingo. Defender bingo. Like, who's going to be playing? This is a problem for two years. Over two years, this has been a problem. And people are talking about, oh, Vestergaard ain't good enough for this person. We need a left-footed centre-back to balance that, that back line out. We need some. And again, Joe Roden today, I thought he did all right, to be honest. I thought he did all right, certainly the first half. There was a clearance in the second half. He had to go with it with his right foot, and he's whack, he hooked it out for a corner, which looked dodgy. If he's a left-footed centre-back playing that position, he could have just pushed it down, down the line to Regulon. It's, it's an unbalanced uh, side on that side. You look at the amount of 
games that we lost in the Premier League over the last three seasons, we scraped in. And let's let, again, Poch ain't getting out of way of it with me t- tonight either. But this has been a this has been a problem the whole period of time. The the last season, uh, the 2019 uh, when we got to Champions League final, we scraped into the top four. We got in to be fair, but we scraped in by one point, and it was that Hugo Lloris save. Um, and then subsequent Jan Vertonghen clearance from Mbangyang's penalty that enabled us to stay in the top four. We were flying, just like Leicester had been flying, absolutely guaranteed top four, and we only scraped in by one point. Nonetheless, we lost 13 games that season, just dropped off a cliff from the Burnley game. Everyone remember that? And then last season, we lost 11 games, and then this season so far, we've already lost 10. And mm. we, we've still got nine to play, or eight, eight to play. You just look at this and you just think, Sorry, uh, yes, yeah, seven to play. Get, get my bloody mm. facts right in a minute. So, so you look at this and you think, well, out of them seven games now, you, well, you've got to win all of them. Simple as that now. You have to win every single game if you're going to do anything. I think all of us and all the listeners now are listening to me like, crazy train, yeah, it's back and it's arrived because there's no way we're winning all them games. But the point being is I, I'm saying that we have to if we're going to try and do anything. Mm. But you you're going to get at least a couple of losses in there, isn't there? You cannot see where that next win is coming from. That, that's We've got Everton away. We've got Everton away next on a Friday night under the lights at Goodison Park, even yeah. though there's no one there. I mean, you couldn't make it up. So, you, you know, you look at all them, them facts. You come back to the game. You look at the stats on the game. The stats on the game w- weren't that bad. The first half, Man United were poor. Tottenham looked all right, you know. And then the second half, Man United went up, I don't know, two or three gears. I thought Pogba rang the game, absolutely rang the game. And, uh, you know, you look at some of the stats, you know, going from, I suppose, a little blue book or whatever. I know you've got some damning stats as well um, tonight in mm. your crackers, but 54% possession for United, 46. It's a 50-50 game. Passes were about the same, 4, 440 versus 497. Uh, passing accuracy was about the same, 81-83% respectively. Both sides had 12 shots. Um, but Man United tested us on the goalkeeper, and, and I thought Hugo made two world-class saves again today as well, um, which doesn't get that that much of a mention. And you know, again, why isn't there a defender sitting there? Why does it have to be Fred? You know that that uh, uh, I think Jay said it didn't he on the on the WhatsApp group that yeah. that Fred that that amazing goal goal poaching striker Fred <laughs> exactly is, is, is yeah. in front of our defenders. Yeah. You've got to be switched on, lads. They're just not switched on. They don't play that's, enough football. That's and indicative it, of our attitude, isn't totally, it? There's totally, not, that, there isn't that it's somebody else's job. It's for this. somebody else's job. That is the point here, and I'm sorry to get ranty, but this is the point. It's somebody else's job. I tell you what they need to do. That team, that everyone, they, they need to go and do like a a, a a military exercise or something together. You know, you go for each man. You're a team. You, you're not playing as a team. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Yeah, yeah well, Lee, that's what, exactly the thing. And the reason for that is, is that they're constantly changing every week. They have no that's time I mean. to build up relationships no on the pitch because every single week, get the bingo balls out. Who's up tonight? It changes game in, game out, and no consistency or structure has ever been built like that. None of the successful teams Jose's managed in the past. Chelsea, you had Carvalho, Terry. Sometimes Gallas would come in. That was it at the back. Real Madrid, Carvalho, Ramos. That was it. So, so no team has been built. Why, why is he doing it? Because he doesn't trust any of the defenders. But but the reasoning for that, I don't understand. Because Alderweireld is obviously... Look, he's still captain's Belgium. He's levels above the other centre-halves we've got, right? You don't need to be you know, a, a genius to work that out. We all know people say, oh, he's lost a bit of pace. He reads the game better. He doesn't always need the pace because he reads what's going to come first. He doesn't make these shitty, sloppy mistakes that Dyer and um, uh, Sanchez make 
game in, game out, where they can look okay for large periods of the game, but they will always, always crucify you with one glaring error. And, you know, the, the decision not to pick him comes down to the manager. No one can be blamed except the manager. Chris, coming to you, uh, further up the pitch as well, um, one of our own, Jason McGovern, he put this on the WhatsApp group. Uh, that was uh, only, there's only eight 90 minutes out of 69 games that uh, Lo Celso has had. Eight yeah. from 69, which is just like, it's just, it's not good enough. It just, let's call it as it is. That's not enough from a player at that level. Undembele, we spoke about last week, who who has improved and had a good start to the season, but he just doesn't get older games by the scruff of the neck. And this is a point that three or four people made last week. And they said, he just doesn't go in now. He doesn't do what Dembele used to do. Musa Dembele, he, he, he used to come in and for 90, 95 minutes, he'd absolutely boss a game. He was the governor. So we've got, there's problems there as well in that that sort of section of the field, in that mid midfield, getting up the pitch. They're, they're just not pulling up trees either, are they? Across the middle. Hoiberg, yes. Hoiberg, I, I think, just made a titanium and I, I, I love him to bits. And I think he'd just play for whoever was managing us, to be honest. He just wants to play football. But one man alone can't do it. And, and those around him just not doing enough, are they? Not at all. And uh, do you know what? I, I, I'm sorry to bring up Pochettino again, but I think the fitness levels of our squad um, are just so different. Spot it's on. Like, oh, spot on. It's, it's like chalk and cheese, you know? 100%. When, when we were in last minute, last 10 minutes of games, and, and this is a, a real uh, proven point this season of, of how many times we've let leads slip away, um, you know, under a Pochettino side, we were super fit. In those last 10 minutes, we were probably the best Premier League team of chasing a goal or, or being the fittest in that final 10 minutes when players, you know, some players would look tired, you know, with the opposition. Um, but Giovanni Lo Celso, that, that is an absolutely awful stat. I think he's just like a, a Lamella Mark II. And, um, you know, you go back to when Jose come in November 2019, he said how... Uh, wonderful the squad was. He wouldn't change the squad for the world. It was absolutely brilliant. Blah, blah, blah. He's also made signings as well. Um, I know that we need signings. I know that the squad needs investment. However, you can invest and, until you're blue in the face and you can spend hundreds and hundreds of million pounds. But if you're not going to get the best out of players that are there, then you've got to look at the manager. You know, when you said crackers, 15 to 20 million pounds a year, you know, trophy record is absolutely second to none. We, we, we've all, you know, blown his trumpet so many times about Jose and, and how many trophies he's won. Um, but at the moment, all I can see week after week after week is Jose is breaking all of these awful records. He'd never, ever lost 10 Premier League games in a Premier League season mm. until mm. today. He'd never, ever lost a home game against Manchester United until today. You know, every week I seem to be given all these stats, you know, being like Lee, given all these stats about Jose, breaking records for the wrong reasons. So yeah. I think that Jose Mourinho needs to do a, an awful lot more. And uh, you know, there's no point throwing players under the bus when things aren't going right. And, and when you've got players swapping and changing left, right and centre, you know, we could sign another 10 new players. Does it mean they're going to play? You know, you've got Stephen Bergvine now, like John said, not even involved in the squad. You've got Deli Ali on the bench, not even getting a minute. You've got Toby on the bench. 
it's an absolute mess. I, I don't know who's in favour. I know, obviously, he, he spends time with all these players, um, you know, on the training pitch day in, day out. Um, but us Tottenham fans want to be seeing the best possible eleven. as I said earlier, about Toby playing at, at the back. Um, you know, a lot of Tottenham fans do not want to see Eric Dyer and, and Damson Sanchez in a, in a Spurs shirt right now. You know, you need to see, see the, the, the top players, and particularly if we're going for this European place. Mm. Um, it's very frustrating, Crackers. It really is. And, and when you mentioned Giovanni Lo Celso, Tongi on Dombele, you know, this was meant to be like a, a partnership made in heaven. And every time I see these two together, I don't, I don't know, it just don't seem to work out for me. And I, and I still think that we're missing someone like Christian Eriksen. And that's probably why Harry Kane keeps mm. dropping deep so much, because he's doing two people's jobs. Yeah, It's very, very frustrating to watch. Yeah, yeah spot on. Absolutely spot on. Trying to, uh, to talk a little bit about the game because we do, I mean, it's such a circus going on around Spurs at the moment, and it, it literally is a circus. It's hard to even speak about what goes on in games because it's just the bigger story and the bigger talking points is just everything else. But, um, the, the early warning signs were there in the first half, and I was with you, Lee. That wasn't that wasn't too bad a first half, um, but. You know, the, the, the goal that Manu got and got ruled out, I'll, I'll ask you you're all for your opinion on it. That's not a foul on Sonny, is it, really? In in days gone by, I just can't see how that's a foul. John, for you, was, was that a foul? Do you think that was the correct decision to over, overturn that? I think based on today's rules, it was the correct decision. We saw Lamella get sent off for something similar at Arsenal, putting a hand in the face of an opponent. So, yes, I, I believe it was a free kick and it's unfortunate for United that it ruined some great movement by Cavani and a good finish. But they're the rules, unfortunately. That's how it is now. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think it was a, a correct decision. Um, and, and just one thing on Cavani, actually, you know, although we lost today, it's a shame that we couldn't be there to see him, actually. I've never seen him live as a player. I like to see a lot of these, you know, world-class players and he's one I've never actually got to see. And he was brilliant today, wasn't he, Edison mm, Cavani? I yeah. thought he was a really, you know, outstanding player and he was a player myself and Lee in the summer, we said, you know, him and Thiago Silva were going to be available should Tottenham go out and get one of the two. And people said, oh, no, they're too old. They're past it. Um, but actually, either of the two would have been hugely beneficial for this season. You know, just that experience and big level. Jose wouldn't have played him, John. Jose wouldn't have played him. Like We, we, we got that exact situation, didn't we, with Bale? Exact, oh, he's a bit old as he got, but he's a world-class player. Won four Champions Leagues. Don't get a game. So Yeah, you're right. You're right. Spot on, mate. I, I totally agree because you and I had this conversation before, didn't we, about Cavani or, you know... you know, Or Thiago Silva. One of the other. Yeah, or yeah. Silva. And, and, and they've done really one's well. One's gone to Chelsea, one's gone to United, and they're both above us. Totally. Yeah. Couldn't make it up. For you, Lee, I mean, John's absolutely spot on going by the rules as they are now. Then that was that was a, a foul and, and the goal has to get chalked off. But in, in the game that I sort of know and recognise... That wasn't a foul for me. So for, for you, do you, do you think that should have stood For me, or? it was a foul. Yeah, I mean, it's probably my bias. No, for me, it was. Uh, I said straight away, that's a foul. Um, you know, and then, you know, the, the rules as they are is VAR. Right? You know what I mean? That's how yeah. it works, right? So you know, I was I was actually quite confident it would get overturned. Um, but what's really interesting more so about that is that actually, if it is a foul and they've deemed that, why not a yellow card? 
because he's gone up in his face and he's flicked him in his face, regardless if it's accidental or not. If he's given a foul, then maybe it's a yellow card. McTominay was already on a yellow card. In fact, I want to quickly make this point at this junction, if I can. Manchester United had five players booked today. Tottenham had not one player booked. Not, mm. not one player. So what's that, yeah. sir? Soft little underbelly. Oh, good old Tottenham. Nice little stroking. Like, what is going on here? Like, yeah. five players booked. Why aren't you all round Scott, uh, Scott McTominay? All over no him. Tackles. No, no, no tackle. No why, why aren't you going no up? Tackles. Why aren't Ndombele going facing him up and doing 15 step in front of his face so he steps on his toe and gets sent off? Lee, I mean, Lee. Is, can I, just sorry. can't make it up. Can I just come in there? What, one point that really angered me today, actually, was Cavani had a moment of madness. He lost his call and he was going to go for Roden on the floor, right? Dyer got in the way of him and I get this thing, I'll protect your buddy, blah, blah, blah. Dyer should have let Cavani go for him, right? Yeah, all right, Roden can take a few digs, but Cavani's then off the pitch. We're then playing against 10 men again, like we did at Old Trafford. It's a totally different game. I was very totally. frustrated go that Dyer got his exactly. body in the way. Let Cavani lose his mind. Don't block him. Let him lose his mind. Yeah. Go, yeah. Off, yeah. go after. Let, let, Cav- um, uh, let McTominay. He, he, he got booked. I, f- I can't remember what minute was in. You have to forgive me. 18 minutes in, 15 minutes in, something like that. You've got to go and have a go at him for the rest of the game. And I'm thinking to myself, he's had that little slap in the face thing as well. Got away with it. I'm thinking, next next tackle he makes, it's he's gone. And I'm thinking, oh, Solskjaer's going to take him off at second half. We didn't have a go at him. Second half, he's still playing. I'm thinking, you've got to get around that guy. Come back to Ndombele. Oh, you said about him last week um, and, uh, and you uh, touched on him this week. Why aren't he running that midfield? Well, why is he, him and Hoiberg not running that midfield? You've got Fred and McTominay, both, by the way, been booked. Both of them at this point now have been booked and they're not even running the show. And this goes completely against what Jose was saying in this Amazon documentary. You've got to be nasty. You've got to be nasty. Yeah, swear words not, and clever. So no even, one got booked. No, no one got no. No one's put a tackle in today. Even in the no second half, think about it. they're just not bothered. Josie's not, not got into their heads, has he? And said to them, you know, listen, he's on a booking. Go and get him booked again. He's on a booking. You didn't. We didn't see it. So Gio where, where has that gone? Gio Lacelso, utter utter disgrace. Like not not being funny. And the thing the thing that made me made me really angry today, and this is right on Jose is he's brought on Sissoko for Gio. I mean, are you literally having a laugh? Like you've got Gareth Bale on the bench, who's a, who's a match winner, who can come on and win the match for you, like in an instant. You don't have to be tracking back left or right because you're going to replace Gio, who was, who was playing in the middle of the park anyway. A perfect opportunity to bring Gareth Bale on and put him in the middle of the park or put him a, 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 in front of Kane as a natural number nine because Kane was dropping deep so much. But what do you do? Brings on Sissoko. I mean, I, I just... With one one, we've just got an equal add an equaliser. He brings on Sissoko to what? What's he doing to shore it up? Yeah, yeah. It's just, is yeah. anybody else? It's baffling. No, it is utterly, utterly baffling that Sissoko comes on ahead of Delhi, ahead of Bao, ahead of Lamella, even yeah, even Lamella. Even even Lamella. You know, even, even Lamella, you, know? It's you want just... Lamella on there to a bit of nastiness or whatever to go after McTominay or something. Yeah, Do you know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Just, there's just a lack of ideas. The lack of cohesion there's no plan there's no and i'm talking about the club i'm talking about a club now this is what i'm talking about i said it a few weeks ago and i'm st- i'm sticking to what i'm saying there is no plan there's no five-year plan there's no project we don't know what we're doing i told everybody this is a crazy train and it's going to go toxic when he was appointed and it's only an interim appointment i said everyone loves sports show you get mocked me for a crazy train whatever my- this is it 
This mm. is why it's so crazy. You mentioned it earlier, Crackers. It's a crazy part of the season. It is crazy. It's always been crazy. He is a nightmare. To when he comes in, he he, he isolates people. He doesn't he, he doesn't put their arm around him. I, I don't get it. I'm, I'm going back to the point that Chris made as well. Before this is my second rant of the pod. I'm really sorry. I'm getting all my frustrations out. So I have to forgive me. So, so sorry, everybody. Dig deep, but, Mr. McQueen. Let him have it. I, but look, the, the, the point that Chris made earlier as well about. Um, you know, uh, uh, coming in and, uh, you know, isolating players in Delhi and, you know, Toby Oliver, our best uh, defender at the club. Where does he go now? Where, where does he go? Because if you bring Toby in for the next game or, or for the cup final, what? what? What does that say to the rest of the team? Mm. Keeps changing it. You're showing everybody you don't know what you're doing. You know, if, if we were all sitting, if we were at a new Trotton Hotspur Stadium and we're in 62 minutes, 62,000 of us, Will we be singing? You don't know what you're doing? Because it just feels like that they don't know what they're doing. I mean, you know what, though, Lee? Circus, mate. Eight, 18 months now, Jose Mourinho has been in charge. And as we all know, we've all, you know, said so many times about his uh, record in cup finals and winning trophies, etc. 18 months. And as you said, Crackers, about the Amazon documentary of him instructing the players to play like a bunch of C's or whatever, right? 18 months in, why on earth has he not fixed this defence in 18 months? Regardless of what players you've got, you are, you'd be working with that defence. You know, whether it's a youth team, whether it's an under-23 team, whether it's the first full team. You'd and we've be working... got Ledley there. And we've got Ledley King there, an absolute exactly. legend of the club. And 18 months ago, um, you know, we hadn't won a... Uh, when he came in, we hadn't won an away game in 10 months, right? And we won that first game when he came in at West Ham away. Now... Defensively, have we improved in these 18 months? No, we haven't. Have we improved as a club in those 18 months? No, we haven't. So what on earth has been going on in these 18 months? Jose come in and no one said to him, um, are you happy with the squad? And he just said yes. He was going on and on and on about how great this squad was. He's made signings himself. You know, I am not, and I've said this many times and have been criticised uh, you know, by lots of people about it, sitting on the fence. I'm not Jose in and I'm not Jose out because I don't know right now what the best thing is to do. You know, if you suddenly sack Jose Mourinho tomorrow morning, what do we do? It's a, it's a very good question. You know, we could talk all night about it. But I am now questioning after 18 months, you know, what is actually happening? Because 18 months is a fair old time. I know we've had COVID and we've had a lot of players... Um, you know, a lot of matches uh, played behind closed doors. Jo but Jose's had a couple of transfer windows as well. You know, he's had opportunities to bring players in. Um, you know, the question must be asked now of, you know, what is he doing? And, and as you said, Lee, you know, I loved it under Pochettino because you felt that there was a project. You felt like we were going forward and you felt like there was a real plan in place. What is the plan now? Because yeah, I don't yeah. think that there is any plan at all. Well, hold that fault there, guys. Listen, we'll take a little break because quite I think we need a good second half to go with that, that question that Chris has alluded to there of where do we go from here? There's some damning stats with Jose from today's game, courtesy of the uh, TV coverage. And just where we, where we go from, from here. So, uh, listen, we're going to take a little break. Take a breather. Let, let, just let it out a little bit and then uh, try and gather our thoughts, gird our loins, come back in the second half 
and uh, and discuss and just try and sort out a bit of a plan amongst ourselves. If the club listens, I don't know. They, they, maybe they will, maybe they won't. But we'll feel better for it anyway, and hopefully you do. Don't go anywhere. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey and we're back and uh just wanted to say a thank you a big big thank you on behalf of everybody at last word on spurs for downloading and listening and getting in touch on the socials on your twitter on your book face on the instagram uh where else mum's net on reddit uh everywhere else you know where we are so but listen we thank you from the bottom of our heart for uh for getting in touch and supporting us and everything else now listen quite remiss of me i went to a break and uh, I, I clipped Mr. Wenham's wings because he wanted to have something to say on uh, Lo Celso. So before we move on to where do we go from here, I think John's got some very, very good points on Lo Celso, Lo Celso, call him what you like, uh, and the money he's cost and how he's been doing. John, the floor's yours. Yeah, thank you, Rich. Sorry, I was, I was bursting at the seams earlier on. So thank you for affording me this space. Yeah, on Lo Celso, I mean, he's not one that people seem to line up as a potential one to move on this summer, maybe because he's recently joined the club, but I've actually been hugely underwhelmed with him. We spent a significant sum of money on him. It was around a, a 15 million loan fee, and then we paid a 27 million or, or, or thereabouts uh, to make the deal permanent. So it all comes in around 45 million pounds. What have we seen from him? We've seen 21 consecutive match day squads. He was unavailable. He then had some sort of COVID breach that also made him unavailable. Um, I'm just not seeing enough from the player. And I see mm. people give him a free pass. They come down on your Winxes, your Suzokos, because they've been at the club longer. Um, but the Celso has been poor. He doesn't contribute assists. He doesn't contribute goals. And today, it was like, you know, just like a passenger on the pitch that anyone could have been offering what he was. He's on a huge sum of money as well on a big five-year contract. And he takes up one of the 17 non-homegrown player spots. Mm. I just don't see enough from him. I don't know what he contributes. And I feel like he gets a free pass from too many for the little input we see on the pitch. It's not good enough. Would I actually swap him for someone like Suchek at West Ham all day? Yeah. You know, a, a committed, you know, player gets he gets it, doesn't stop, gets goals, gets assists, covers the defensive side of the game as well. Lacelso isn't offering any of those things. And I just see him as an, another expensive mistake. People say, Enoch don't invest, Enoch don't spend money. We do spend money, but we just spend it on the wrong players. You know, there's been plenty of money spent in recent windows on players for over 30 million, 45 million, 62 million, have they delivered? The answer is no. Yeah. They haven't replaced Ericsson, as Chris mentioned earlier. We've now effectively got Kane just swallowing two jobs at once, and he's taken over Ericsson's role and Ali's role as well. Um, and it's not good enough to do that. You know, that we're no. supposed to be the eighth richest club in world football, and the recruitment from the club has been shocking for a significant period of time. And this summer, more so from than just the players and the manager, does Steve Hitchin have to have his job looked at as well? Because I think he does. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I think there's a lot of people at that club 
that Good. aren't kicking balls or sitting in dugouts that now have to really look at you know what they're doing and do they need to move sideways into something else? Some fresh eyes on there, some fresh thinking, some fresh blood, just to try and listen. No player lasts at a club 20 years. Managers now don't last at clubs 20 years. That surely the business of football means that you know you need to be refreshing in all departments of the club. You know, it's like we've had this before, and it's very easy to say Enoch out, but somebody has to buy us, okay? And uh, and the way things are at the moment, that's that's not something that's going to be easily achievable for the sort of money that they want. But surely. Surely we can look at maybe bringing some new blood in to, to look after different departments. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? But that, that sort of that link, like Steve Hitchin, the link between board and football pitch. And, like and a director of football. Like, yes. like a director of football. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, John, you know, you're both making fantastic points. John makes a point about the recruitment side and Steve Hitchin's not out of this. I put a tweet out this week. On, it was also on Twitter, right? tweet social media um but uh, i put a tweet out talking about the people that i would sell and the people that i would buy and yes it's not as simple as that i understand it. it's not as simple as that. i've been in recruitment for 20 years that's what i do i recruit people i've recruited thousands and thousands of people in my career that's what i've done people are going to shout at me oh yeah but it's different yeah, but is it if you don't have a plan of where you're going as, a, as an organization, if you don't have a heartbeat of that organization, if you don't have a why, why do we exist? Where are we going? What are we doing? You can't recruit the right people for your business. You cannot recruit the right people, no matter how big or small your company is. If you're a one-person band, if you're a multinational company, you need values. You need values and you need behaviours coming into that business. And it's the same as a football club. It's mm. not just about the play on the pitch and if he does stepovers or if he can score goals. It's does he culturally fit into the comp- into the club, into the in the, into the way, way of the football club. Mm. We don't Spot know on. what that way of the football club is, Rich. Yeah. Are you yeah. with me? We don't know what that is. So when we're recruiting... You're just going off oh, Stephen Bergwijn. Yeah, he looks right. 23 years old, 23 million quid. Mm. Dutch guy, he's quality. Bring him in. Joe said, don't fancy him. Or whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, oh yeah, yeah we're, we're bringing Bale It's back. the Jesse Fans Lingard really effect, back. isn't it, Lee? It's the it's Jesse what? Lingard effect. Yes. He's exactly gone, he's Look gone at that. now and he feels like he fits in and like, it's almost turned into a West Ham pod from me. But, but, no, you, you think, but you, do you see you what just, I'm saying? He's yeah, gone Jesse now. Lingard, Jesse Lingard's a very interesting um, uh, point to bring up because he's absolutely flying at West Ham. He will definitely be going to the Euros based on his current form. I think everybody's nodding, right? And everybody, you know, everyone would, would, would think that. But he's he's still owned by Manchester United. So mm. what happens to Jesse Lingard when Man United go, well, actually, we're in the Champions League and maybe West Ham miss out. And to be fair to West Ham, they might get it still. But say they miss out, what does Jesse Lingard do? Does he stay at the football club that has like reignited his career and made him like, and he fits and he's amazing? Or does he go back to his parent club to sit on the bench because he's got Champions League football? Very interesting yeah, scenario. Yeah. And this is the thing. That's, it's a moving park. I'm back to Steve Hitchin. I'm not saying that I'll do a better job than Steve Hitchin. That's ridiculous. I don't know the first thing about football agents and this, that, and the other. Although I've made the comparison of, of recruitment. But what I do know is I know that if you've got core values and you've got, if you've got a set of values and beliefs that this is where we're going and this is what we're doing and this is how we're going to get there, you then know the types of characters, the types of individuals, the types of people, players, that you need within your organization or yeah. in your football club. 
Yeah. And you can't know that if you don't know where you're going. And yeah. if the board do know where they're going, can you tell us, please, so we can start going, do you know what? We'll write this season off and we'll look forward to the next two or three seasons. Because yeah. that's what we need as football fans. You're asking us to renew our season tickets in, in, in a COVID-head era where no one's, lots of people have been absolutely battered by COVID, like it's been difficult money-wise and whatever. You're taking another 1,250 quid, 1,500 quid, two grand, two and a half grand, whatever it is, wherever you're sitting. And people are going, well, we don't even know if we're going to be back in the stadium yet. And we don't know where we're going. We need some direction. We need a leader, a leader in this in this football club. To, I don't care who it is, if it's a leader or anywhere else. We need somebody to kind of say, this is where we are. This is where we're going. Are you with me? And if yeah. you're not on, if you don't want to row, get off the boat and, and, and actually, and, and, I'll, and I'll get them all off the boat. Most of them need, need to get out, including, including Gio from where John's talking about. They need to start rowing and they need to start it now. Do you know what though, Lee? It, it's very, very hard for everyone to be on board uh, because some of the players' confidence have been shot to bits. I know this modern game, you know, players like to have their, their arm around them like Pochettino used to do. We know that Jose is a very different manager. We saw all what Jose was about in the Amazon documentary. You know, in my opinion, I think that Jose probably got a few more fans on board with the Amazon documentary. Uh, you know, a few Spurs fans that didn't, uh, you know, really welcome him in, in the first place. But when you Hands look... Hands up here, Chris. I, I was exactly. one. I was one. Yeah. I, di- I didn't like him. And the Amazon documentary made me give him a chance. I thought, oh, okay, I can see what's what's here. But yeah. Amazon Jose and real-life Jose, I don't know. Seems like two different people. Well, my, my point is about the whole confidence thing. You know, you take Stephen Bergvine, for instance, you know, not even in the squad. Uh, you know, not even on the sub bench today. And and like John said, um, you know, Dane Scarlett getting, uh, you know, on the sub bench last week ahead of other senior players. You know, Gareth Bow, for instance, you know, he's probably shot his confidence to bits. And, and we're talking about, you know, possibly having him for uh, at the club next season. I don't think there's any chance of that happening. And I don't think that there's any point of that happening either, uh, based on how much that we've used him. And and what worries me as well, like Deli Ali and Gareth Bow, for instance, you know, Gareth Bow come off the bench today, Spurs were 2-1 down. You know, you've shot this player's confidence to bits during the season, but yet 10 minutes to go when we're 2-1 down, you're expecting that player to come on the pitch and do the business. Exactly. It doesn't work like that. Exactly and and, that. and, and, and this, is what, this is what I'm wondering about, you know, where you've got to start looking at the manager's decisions and, 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 and what he's doing and, and, and how he's working with these players, because... We're all expecting the players to perform and all of us Spurs fans want the same thing. We all want to see us do well and win trophies and, and, and everything else. But when you've got players who are who, who their, their, their confidence is shot, take Toby, for example, as well. Toby's come out of the team. And like you said earlier, Lee, cup final in two weeks today. Who's playing in that cup final? Joe mm-hmm. Roden's going to be cup tied. You know, he's going to be Eric Dyer, Toby Alderweireld. He's going to be Toby Alderweireld, Davinson Sanchez. You know, who's going to be playing in that cup final? Because... Basically, Jose has played with all of them. All of them have come out of the team. All of them have been upset because they're not in the team. And funny enough, only a couple of days ago, I watched on YouTube an interview with Wayne Rooney talking about um, when Jose Mourinho left Man United. And he was talking about when he was actually out of the team, Jose was a very bad communicator um, with the Manchester United players. So if they weren't in the team, they didn't ever know why they weren't in the team. They were just left out in the cold didn't know why why they weren't playing, which really surprised me because when you watch the Amazon documentary, he doesn't seem that sort of character. So no. you never know as Spurs fans right now what's happening actually behind closed doors. 
Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely spot on. Well said, Chris. Um, I mean, the other thing with Jose as well is just the actual in-game mentality that seems to have been put into the players. And these are the stats I was alluding to in the first half. And uh, before we scored, we faced one shot. After we scored, 11. Before scoring, we had no shots we faced on target. Then we faced seven after scoring. Possession, we had 56% possession before scoring. It dropped to 37% after. The, like the drop-offs after going one up. Uh, clearances, we had eight clearances, then 13. Centre-back touches in our own box. We had eight before scoring. Then we had 23 after scoring. So the drop-off in possession and the going forward is just absolutely phenomenal. It's 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 just like it's baffling. So he just seems to be putting this mentality into him of like go one up and uh, and park a bus a bus we just don't have. We don't have the bus, or, or as a different driver every week, or a different yeah. four drivers every week. It's it's Trying nuts. Park, it's train madness. Trains uncoupling. I mean, I've got to, I've got to have a quick shout out as well. I just put a tweet out, an actual poll. Um, so you, you guys uh, um, uh, retweet or whatever, listeners as well, you'll be able to have a look at it. Um, but uh, somebody replied to it. So Harris Mahmood, at Harris Mahmood, just got to give him a shout out because he's actually just given me some stats that I think Sky had put up as well about shaky spurs. Did any of you guys see them? I mean, I'll read them out for the listeners as well. I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. When scoring first, Tottenham are second in the Premier League, right? They've scored first 19 times, so they're second in the Premier League. Ahead at half-time, they are second in the Premier League, right? So the all-time rank in the Premier League, 16 times we've led at half-time. When fouled to win and ahead at half-time, Tottenham bottom of the league. So we've done it the most times. We've only won, we've only done it uh, one seven times once, we, once we've been in the league. It's absolutely ridiculous. Points dropped from winning positions is now 18. That's relegation form. 18 points dropped from winning positions. I mean, you just, you just couldn't make this stuff up. It's Goals madness. conceded in the last 10 minutes. We're bottom of the Premier League, equal 20th, because we keep conceding goals in the last 10 minutes. And points dropped in the last 10 minutes 11 times. We're 11 points dropped. We've let in nine goals in the last 10 minutes. It's just, just I mean, again, a good shout out. Thanks, Harris Mamou, for doing that, mate. But, I mean, can you, can you believe some of these stats, lads and listeners? I mean, it's just... It's incredible. This is a men- we thought crackers, didn't we? The mentality was going to change. It's, it's, it's gone the other way. Isn't it's it? like what Chris. It's like what Chris said. Uh, I'll throw to you, John. Chris said that Jose's now breaking records, but for all the wrong reasons. It's just like they're they're, they're damning, damning stats. And these stats get put to him, and he says, "Oh, I didn't instruct the players to do this." But today, with all our eyes, we witnessed him at one-one sub on Musa Sissoko for an attacking player instead of other attacking players. This was the game today. There's no point talking about, oh, we've got seven games to go. This was the game today. We had to show desire. We were at home. We had to win. If we wanted any sort of conversation about finishing in the top four, this was the game today. And he brought on a defensive-minded player at 1-1. That tells you all you need to know. Mm. Any sort of rubbish that he comes out with and says, oh, I didn't set the players up to be defensive or to go one up and down. It's just not true. The statistics and evidence point to the fact but at one-one today, he brought on a defensive-minded player to shore us up for a result, and, and we ended and up losing three-one. We was rested. We didn't have we didn't have yeah, Europa I mean, this week. They laughable. did. United were away on Thursday in another country. Mm. We were in Enfield. We played in Tottenham today, and United had to travel to London to play us. 
And we were the ones that were knackered at the end of the game. And we and United were the ones full of energy and, and, and overruling us and beating us in two versus ones and going on to win the game. It is laughable and it has to come down to the manager. I'm sorry. There's no more excuses that, for him. He is to blame. He is toxic. He has to go. That is why. That is why, again, Chris, mate, you made a brilliant point there, John. And Chris, you, you mentioned it earlier about that whole fitness thing. Again, uh, coming back to the Poch scenario. And it's not as if we want Poch back, but, well, actually, you can ask me that question if you want. It might be a different yes, answer. But, yeah, yeah, please. But, look, it's not that we're banging on, you know, the Poch thing, what's wrong with us. I think it's we're just making a comparison. We're making a comparison of what we've known for the last kind of four, five, six years or so and kind of what we're being served up and, and stuff at the moment. And, you, you couldn't make it up. I've said that 15 times. You, you can make this up because it's actually happening. You know, they've, they've flown back from a Europa League. And yes, it wasn't that taxing on them or whatever. I mean, you know, their defence was facing Soldado for, for, for goodness sake. So it couldn't have been that difficult. But, but the point I'm, I suppose the point I'm making is the same one as you, John, is that they've had to do the flying. They've had to come back. They're the ones that look like they were... Look, in the first half, to be fair, they looked like the ones that they'd been away in the Europa League match. And then Ollie or whoever else has like got a rocket up them at half time and said, Come on, sort it out. They've come out and they've they've pl- played miles better than us and deserved to win the game. Lee, do you reckon they've gone in at half time and said, Lads, it's Tottenham? You wouldn't surprise you, would it? It would not surprise you. And it was never supposed to be like this, was it? It was supposed to be the new dawn and the new new thing, and this was gonna be all brilliant and Jose the winner and uh oh, I don't know it's just it's 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 not happening I mean to, to go on straight into that that point chaps um I don't think it matters now if you was always a supporter of Jose or always against him or 50 50 you, you you sat on the fence I think you know fans fell into those three categories I think what's quite blatantly obvious is it hasn't worked. It's just, it's not working. It hasn't worked regardless of, of what you, you think of him. So um, I just wanted to ask you, I'll start with you, Lee. Do you think there's a value in letting him go? Never mind what the club may or may not do. Well, I'll ask that as well. Do you think they'll let him go? Do you think he should go now? And get an interim manager to the end of the season. Try and give us a bounce. Catch Man City on an off day. Yada, yada, yada. So just your thoughts on, yeah, on where yeah, we yeah, go yeah. from here. Well, I, th- I think the, f- the first part of the question is, sim- is simply, do we sack Joe, say yes or no? And I'd love to hear all, all of our views on that is, uh, as well. I mean, is it a yes or no? Uh, you know, I'm right on the fence. And I'll tell you why I'm on the fence. Why I'm getting splinters, actually. Because... I look at the starting lineup today and we talk about it, you know, John's talked about it's not the players in all the time. And, you know, we talked about Gio, we talked about Ndombele, this, that and the other. But then at that starting 11 today, three of them were Jose Munoz players. Three. Regulon, um, Roden, which wasn't his first choice, let's be absolutely brutal, but it's under his management, and Hoiberg. The rest of them uh, were already at the football club. And the rest of them, arguably, like, apart from Kane, obviously it's come through, the, um, come through the academy. The rest of them were Pochettino signings. So when I look at it and I go, if you give Jose Mourinho another transfer window, and I know everyone's screaming at me right, right now, right? don't give him another one. But if you give him another transfer window and he brings in the players that he needs and he wants and that they are going to run through the brick walls like the Carvalho's, like the, you know, the Lampard's, like the John Terry's in, back in the day, may, maybe he does something, something fantastic with his football club. In the back of my mind, 
crackers. I've got this, I've got this niggling voice in my head going, the reason why Tottenham don't win things and the reason why Tottenham are in the way that they are is because they need this shake-up. That, 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 that's in the back of my head. I'm not saying that's true. Mm. This one I'm on the fence. Mm. But then you flip it and you go, for the short-term success in terms of a new manager bounce, I mean, we've got nine games left. Sorry, we've got eight games left, seven in the Premier League and a cup final. That's it. We've only got so so the new manager bounce coming in is going to have to be one hell of a bounce, like really, really quickly to get Sank out of it. So, you know, everyone takes a deep breath, and then all of a sudden, you've got to go right, we've got to go through the pain again of giving Lamella a chance and giving Deli Alley another go and giving Lacelso more time because but is the new manager is going to do that in an interim manager, Lee, and trying to get more out of these players who are just not playing but, for him but at the moment. So, maybe La yeah, Celso so, picks up under him. Maybe but, but, Bergwijn maybe, maybe, picks under, up under a new man. Yeah, Till the end I, of the season, even. you know, just I get, I get it, but I get it. But then you're, you're getting rid of the guy. And I'm not arguing that we shouldn't or, sh- or should. I really don't know the answer in my own head. I promise you I don't. But you're getting rid of a guy two weeks before who has won absolutely everything in the game. And if I said to you before the season has started, you can you can choose two or three managers to manage you in a cup final. All four of you, you would give me Jose Mourinho's name. Yeah. You would. Yeah. You, you wouldn't turn around to me and give me Harry Redknapp's name, would you, as an interim yeah. manager? You wouldn't turn around and go, oh, I'll give you Ledley King. Or get a bit of Jonathan Woodgate and Ledley King come in as an interim. You just wouldn't. You ain't, you ain't going to turn around to me and say, get Ryan Mason to step up because he's his, like Kane's best mate or whatever. I mean, come on. So this yeah. is where I'm really torn. The One of the best people to manage you in a cup final is the fella that's already at the helm. Um, you know, if you can go and get somebody else to come in who's going to be our permanent manager, I mean, it's just... It's really, really difficult. It's mind-bending, so, isn't it? It really it is. is it's it's mind-bending. It's such ridiculous. A, but I'll come back to... Mindset's everywhere on it, isn't there? It's I'll just back your to, thoughts are everywhere. Exactly. Craig, so I'll just come back to this. And obviously, I'll pass on three players today in the starting lineup with Jose Muno signings. That's it. Three. John, I think that's the problem. John, coming to you... And, uh, you know, Lee makes a good point that if we can get those Jose Mourinho players in... But nowadays, they don't come cheap and they don't all come in one window, do they? So it's almost like the club now has either got to go, right, that's it, all on all on red and all on Jose, and we're just going to go through two, three, four windows of just getting in who he wants and sticking with him. Or we do, or we do something else. But I don't, I don't, I don't think the fan base has got uh, has got it in them to to put up with that. I I, I really don't. Yeah, look. Although Lee said only three Jose Mourinho signings were in, Jose Mourinho has made many more signings than that. The likes of Matt Doherty, Carlos Vinicius, Jetson Fernandez that are well below the required standard. He cannot be trusted to use up any more valuable windows or the club's money on poor recruitment and players that are well below the required standard. People try and give Carlos Vinicius a chance based on a couple of goals against Marine that any of us would have scored, surrounded by Bale, Lucas and Son supplying us, right? He is well below the required standard. He's yeah. like someone that should be in the championship. He shouldn't be anywhere near the Tottenham Hotspur starting eleven. And when he does start, it's like starting the man down. You know, he's, he's woeful, actually. He's the same level as Jetson, not good enough, and taking up minutes that could be given to our own homegrown players instead, if we're going to afford opportunity to these players that come as a referral from his mates agency or whatever it is it's enough he's wasted enough money he's had enough opportunities and for me 
my mind was made perfectly clear on the manager after that double pivot of the loss to Arsenal and Zagreb, which was one of the worst defeats in our history, losing to Zagreb like that. You know, 2-0 lead against the, a manager that was in prison is not acceptable. And they were one of the lowest ranked teams in the competition. So for me, Jose shouldn't be allowed any more opportunities to waste any more money or any more time at the club. So what would I do? I would relieve him of his duties tonight. People say, oh, we can't afford it. You just place someone on gardening league. You don't pay them a lump sum of 15 million over how many years they have on their contract. We did the same with Pochettino. You keep them on their weekly salary until they find something else, until the end of their contract. So that's what we would do. We'd just pay them like normal and we'd go out and pay someone else who we'd get in. Now, I would get an interim manager straight away. I do believe in that new manager bounce. When Harry Redknapp came in, we were at our lowest ebb, right? He came in straight away. We got a win. We went to Arsenal. We battled our asses off and got a 4-4 draw, despite the clock being 90 minutes and we were losing 4-2. That's the passion that a new manager can bring you. If you get the right guy, that can get his arm around people. I would get Redknapp again, if I'm being honest with you. We know he'd probably do it. It's a, you know, it's a rare chance to come in, manage just eight games. There's no stress. He gets us. You know, he was in. People liked him. He did marvellous things with the club. I would get him hands down. Um, I just feel we need that lift. Mourinho now is so toxic, his relationship with the players. The fact that today at 1-1, the players didn't seem to care to fight and battle for him, to get us over the line, to get us that Champions League spot, says enough for me. You know, people can say, oh, he's the great manager for what he's done in the past. He's done nothing with us to prove that. Let's talk about the now. Let's not talk about what he did before when he had Roman's unlimited millions at Chelsea, when he had all that money at Real Madrid to go out or had Ramos there already. He doesn't have those players at Tottenham. So we need someone who can get the best out of what we have. And he's not doing that. He's had 18 months to prove that. And he's failed miserably. He's doing a poor job. And I feel like anybody else now could come in and do a better job because the players would respond to listening to a new voice new ideas, and that might give us that shot in that cup final. We need a shot. If we have Mourinho, I can see how it's going to go already. We'll probably go 1-0 up, because we always do, and then we will sit off and City will pick us apart, and we'll lose, and people will think to themselves, had we maybe changed it, we give ourselves a chance. But under Mourinho, you saw today how it went. You saw against Arsenal how it went. You saw at home to Leicester how it went. You saw twice when we played Liverpool how it went. Soon as we played anyone in the top six or better since December time, we have lost. That's a fact. That's history. The results are there to be seen. So why do people suddenly think it's Man City? Because we've got this manager that once won things with the stars of Real Madrid and the unlimited funds of Chelsea, that suddenly he's going to do it with our players when he hasn't done it for the last 18 months. The facts and statistics are there. He's not going to do it against Man City. We've got to get rid of this man now to give ourselves a chance. John, I'm going to lower my headphones and take my hat off to you because you have just absolutely captured where I am and I think most of the fans are. That was the most magnificent monologue on Jose on football that I have ever heard. That was absolutely fantastic. Uh, and you, you, I think you have captured exactly where I am, so I don't need to say anything more. I'm going to throw straight to Chris to get your final thoughts. Chris, follow that. Follow that, my man. That's like the Who trying to follow Jimi Hendrix at the Isle of Wight Festival back in 71, I think it was. Away you go. Well, well, Lee said about three players. Um, I disagree with that because Vinicius um, is under Jose Mourinho. Gareth Bauer is under Jose Mourinho. Stephen Bergvine was a Jose Mourinho signing. Tanganga, he gave him his debut during Mourinho's time. Toby, uh, as soon as Mourinho come in, he got Toby to sign the contract. Obviously, he wanted to keep him there. Um, Eric Dyer, he was a huge admirer of Eric Dyer. Lucas Moura, he tried to buy him for previous clubs as well. Giovanni Lo Celso's um, signing, that was made a point uh, permanent. 
during Jose Mourinho's time. Um, I agree with John to an extent. Um, you know, we all talk about Jose Mourinho's history, but of course, it's not our history. Um, I'm one of these fans that when I see someone who has done remarkably well in their career, I'm hoping, and I've said, Crackers, you know, I've said that on this show many, many times this season, the trophies are coming. I, I believe that the trophies have been coming because of Jose Mourinho's track record, you know, mm. because of he, he gets teams over the line. However, it's been extremely frustrating and I can, I can uh, see and hear John's uh, frustration there about Jose because when he's meant to get us over the, the line in these key matches, he hasn't been getting us over the line. And as we've said all night, you know, he, he keeps breaking all of these unwanted records. But when Lee says about the three players, what worries me, when, when you go back to Pochettino again and talk about this rebuild, what is the rebuild? Because you ask most Tottenham fans, what players do you want to keep? There are very few. You know, most fans want to get rid of most of the squad. You know, Jose Mourinho, I think, feels pretty much like that as well because he keeps swapping and changing his defence all around. But what worries me going forward, and this is about the planning, and this is why I said earlier, where do we go next? How much money does Jose Mourinho get given in the summer? Whether it's a new manager or whether it's Jose Mourinho, how much money do they get given in the summer? What is the plan to give enough money to be a team finishing comfortably in the top four, which we did under Pochettino's time, right? Or is it to spend an obscene amount of money and challenge for the big prizes, the Premier League, the Champions League? Exactly what I want to see. Most Tottenham fans want to see us compete for the big prizes. Um, you know, it would be very good if we won a League Cup. And, you know, this is where I, I disagree with John because this Manchester City final in two weeks' time, I'm expecting us to win it. I'm expecting us to win this game. You know, call me stupid, call me deluded, call me what you like. With Jose Mourinho's record of getting teams over the line, I think that that is a huge day for him because if he doesn't get the, the, the team and, and the football club over the line in two weeks' time, then everybody, including people like me, will probably be saying, well, what was the point? Yeah, yeah, absolutely just, spot on. Spot I agree, on. I agree. I agree. just got to come back on a couple of things. I made the point about three players starting tonight. So the others that you re referenced didn't start. I was just saying that, that started the football match. Yeah, sorry, um, Lee. I, I was saying um, Jose Mourinho has the opportunity to start these players. They were the players that he brought in. So that's what I'm saying. You can bring. Oh yeah, he had the opportunity to buy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. That's exactly. Fine. No, I, I make a point. And I, I do agree with you. I, I do think we'll win the cup final as well. Like I, I'm expecting us to win the cup final. G generally, am I couldn't make you couldn't make it up. But I am. I just think it's in him to win it. I, he will not walk away from Tottenham without without something in the. That's just in the, the sort of mad won't. thing he does, isn't it? That yeah, that's is, what I'm saying. It's crazy train. Mad... It's utter yes. crazy train. Yeah. I'm telling you, he yeah. will win the Carabao Cup final. Not? Why not expect? That's what you should do as a fan. Because if you, like we've said before, if you go into games expecting to lose, you will lose. You know, the players have to go into it with the attitude of wanting to win. Not, not us. It's down to them, isn't it? But we, we, we say this that we, you know, expect him to win or he expects to win. Didn't he expect to win today? He was employed mm. by Manchester United and sacked by Manchester United. Isn't that what gets him going? But no, he showed no passion whatsoever to win today. He put yeah. out a poor team selection, made shit subs, and just passively sat there as we lost the game against his former employer. He's <laughs> why I'm on the fence completely because the two are, you know, the two debates is just is. I, I agree. I agree with you. I do. I agree with you as well. It's 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 just, it's. 
it's just literally a batshit time to be a Tottenham fan. And and the thing is, if like what Chris, what you just said there, where we go again, that's why I'm worried about an interim manager. That's why I'm worried about sacking. That's why, because where do we go again? Right, let's talk about Kane quickly. It's elephant in the room. And at the end of the day, loads of reports coming out. It, look, let's let's hear it right. The Athletic put out a report about it, and then everyone else jumped on the fact that Athletic put a report about. It. Now it's all, it's all gone mad. Everybody wants to sell Kane. Like he's a world class striker, probably the best, in my opinion, best number nine in the world. Why wouldn't he be getting talked about, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. It's, it's completely fine. If we we're in the top four, everyone would be talking about he needs to win a trophy, and he'd still be off. Even if we're in the top four, if we're, now we're not in the top four. People are just talking about he's going to leave if we're not in the top four. It's just, it's just normal. But is there some substance on the back of you know where we are as a as a football club? If Jose Mourinho is is the plan. If, if the club privately have said, this is our plan, this is where we're going, this is what we're going to do, and then all of a sudden we backtrack on that and we sack him, does that then send a message out to the likes of Son, who uh, by all accounts may or may not have signed his long-term contract yet, um, but he's, he's, he's there or thereabouts, does that also send a message out to Kane to go, we don't know what we're doing? No, actually, it was a mistake. Do you know what? Oh, we're gonna go, we have to wait another two years to get another manager into bed in. When we go back to the Pochettino's words of "there's a painful rebuild," this is the pain. This is it right now. What we're experiencing week in, week out, day in, day out of our football club. This is the pain. And you're right, Chris Cowling. We want to sell half the squad. Nine, ten players probably want to come out of that squad because they are not good enough, as John said. They've been in the football club too long and they've got old baggage with the football club. If if us as fans are sitting there going, oh, but what about Poch? Do you think the players aren't? Do you think they're not sitting there? Do you think Delhi on his birthday is not sitting there going, oh, man, I wish I was being managed by Poch? Of course he is. We're human beings. So then if he's saying it, then who else has been dropped under Marino saying the same thing? A Toby Oliver, a Serge Aurier that's never, never really given a... Um, uh, a, a crack that as he hasn't really given a, a mother of Sundays whether or not he wants to start a football club or not. Do you know what I mean? It's like a, a contract rebel. Do you know what I mean? We're playing these players that still don't really want to play for a football club. So, you know, there is a big clear out. And people say, oh, you can't get rid of everybody. But we have to. We have to get rid of them. And it's going to be painful, but we've got to get rid of them out of the football club. Why is Danny Rose still at our football club? He's out yeah. of contract at the end of this season. But, but, Lee, but he's I... still here. He's still I... here. It's Can I toxic. just ask you something? If, if you were Harry Kane, right, think of, uh, you know, after the Arsenal game, think of after the Zagreb game, think of after last week's game at Newcastle and think, you know, even tonight, Harry Kane, how must he feel? If you were Harry Kane in the summer, you know, if you were him, would you leave? Because I tell you what, I would, and I wouldn't blame the guy whatsoever because he could have very easily during the international break, that, that, that two-week break, he could have easily said to the press, of course I'm going to be at Tottenham Hotspur next season. I love the club. He didn't come out and say that. You know, he, he's left it wide open. So mm. he must be thinking, he, he's, his head must be turning in the fact that, you know, look at Carl Walker when he left Spurs and, and went to Manchester City. Within six months, he won a League Cup. And then he's won trophy after trophy after trophy since. You know, Harry Kane must... Sheringham, Carrick. Exactly. Walker. No, exactly. Christian Eriksen at Inter Milan, the nine points clear is going to win the title at Serie A. I mean, this, mm. this is this is the, 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 the damning problem. This is the absolute issue. Everybody that leaves our football club to go and do bit of better things goes and does bigger, better things. That's, yeah. that's what they do. Yeah. I mean, I remember famously, I love Teddy Sheridan to the core. I thought it was absolutely brilliant for us in both stints. But I remember singing, went to Man United and you won F all for the first season. And then the second season, he won the treble. 
you know, I mean, this is this is indicative of the football club, as, as Anthony Costa always says on the show as well. This isn't a, a Joe San Marino problem. This has been a problem in our football club for years and yeah. years yeah. and years. Yeah. And we have we have kept our best players in our football club. To be fair to to Daniel Levy in the board for for what the last probably when was that, John? I think you might have had this stat from last time, but eight years or eight nine seasons or something like that. I don't think we've sold one of our best players. But 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 maybe, and this is why I'm on a fence, and this is controversial, and this is why I'm like, but 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 maybe it's time to sell one of them or two of them to bring some money in to spend. Liverpool did it with Coutinho, 147 million. They won the lot. They won the lot. Would we sell Harry Kane to guarantee is. winning the lot? Yeah. No, yeah. but the problem is, Lee, so sorry to interrupt, but the problem is, no, no, I don't sure. trust the recruitment team at the club no, to spend that money no. wisely. Steve Hitchin went out to that restaurant in, in Milan with those interbods, right? Do you think they were impressed with him? He was probably just disappointed lasagna and chips wasn't on the menu. He doesn't come across as impressively. <laughs> uh, Steve Hitchin has got to go this summer. Honestly, he really doesn't come across as impressive. And I've said this before, had the club just listened to David Pleat a little bit more. He's old school, right? But he knows the English league and the players inside out. You always see him down Hotspur Way. He's got an ear in all the agents that are down there. They all know him. Some of them players, John. Roll, reel off some of them players. Yeah, James Madison. He was desperate to bring him to the club. You know, Hitchin didn't fancy him. There's been others. Deli Ali, he was instrumental in bringing him to the club. And others before, Jermaine Defoe, Anthony Gardner, Matthew Everington, Simon Davis. Maybe some of these players don't go on to be great things, but they were all come very cheap English homegrown players. And they all exceed their value thereafter. Adimola Lookman was another player he was desperate for the club to bring. Demari Gray. And again, these players may not go on to be worth 25, 30 million. Madison has done, obviously. But others, Ben Godfrey, etc. They go on to be good players that increase in value. Instead, we bring in these average foreign players that you mentioned earlier, NG and Kudu, that are well below the required level. And then we struggle to shift them window after window. And a point you made, Lee, about why Rhodes is still at the club. Now, I hate to give Arsenal credit for anything, but they did very well in the January transfer window. They got rid of Kolasinac, Mustafi and Ozil. They spent about 80 million on those players. But because those players weren't right, they paid up their contracts and they just got them out. That is what we need to do. We need to show balls of steel and just 100%. get on with getting players out. And if people at the club aren't right to do it, get people in that are right to do it. Get the required experts in. You've got the front to go up to these players and go, look, you your agent, your lawyer, let's get in a room. Let's sort out what it will take to get you out. We've had Rose rotting at the club now for 12 months occasionally playing for the under-23s, turning down moves to Turkey, whatever. He should have been out last summer because you have negative people in the club. It spreads. You don't mm -hmm. want their energy around. It's like in any environment. If you get poached or headhunted for another job, people put you on gardening leave. I don't want you there. Why have we still got Rose at the club? I know his contract's up soon, but we should have had him out last summer. Any serious institution or club that is the eighth richest in world football would have got him out, except for us. Why? Because you've got people in the club, not just Hitchin, there's others as well, that are not up to the required level. I know I'm replacing Hitchin with, and I've, I've just heard him speak. Honestly, it, it, it is, it's, it's damning. It is absolutely damning. And it just goes to show what is wrong on all levels at the club at the moment. It's a mess. Someone needs to put their foot on the ball. And I think that's, that's up at ballroom level. And go and sort this out, root and branch, and get hold of some of these people that are just not doing their jobs both on and off the pitch. It's a mess and it needs, it does need sorting. So, uh, but that takes us nicely on to next Friday night, then, doesn't it? To, uh, to wrap things up. And, uh, but uh, before I move on to that, I just have to say that last little passage 
on on talking about where we go from here it was absolutely fantastic chaps it was it was brilliant well well done and i think it's going to resonate with a lot of people that listen to this and uh, expect your social media timelines to absolutely blow up when they pick apart where you was right and where you was wrong but hey listen if there's always debate around Spurs, isn't there? There's always something going on. If you like just talking about the tea hut and what colour it's going to be next season, go elsewhere because there's more explosive stuff happening at Spurs always. It's just always, always a, a soap opera. So, uh, but brilliant. Well done, chaps. We lost against a very good team, but I don't think we, we deserved it. Um, of course, they had a very strong reaction in the second half. But after 1-1, one, one, we have big chances to, to do the 2-1. Uh, after the 2-2, two, two, we have a huge chance that I saw the ball inside and uh, wasn't inside, of course, hit the post. Um, so we were always in the game until the last second, until they, they scored their third goal, which I believe uh, we, don't, um, we don't deserve. So I... I praise the players for uh, for what they gave, for uh, what they put um, on the pitch, and when they put everything, uh, even if there are problems, even if there are mistakes, even if it ends with uh, a defeat, I I always like to praise the players, and I have good feelings for them. Well, you're right. I mean, we reacted well to to both of their goals, basically. Yeah, didn't we? always. Uh, again. Uh, that's a very good team, uh, very strong physically. Uh, the midfield is technically and physically, makes always a, a great impact in, in the game. Um, I believe that uh, in these moments, the empty stadium at home changed completely. The dynamic has changed completely uh, the feelings. Um, so they. They were quite comfortable, but then always good reactions after the 1-1, one, one, a good reaction again after the 2-1. That's why I think uh, the boys deserve a different, um, a different result. But the reality is the reality of the numbers, and the numbers are uh, zero points, and the numbers are uh, in the table. Uh, our distance to top four, top six is big after this game. But I guess we can take this forward, though. I mean, it's seven left now. No, what I take, yeah, what I take forward is always the the thing that is always for me the most important thing, which is the which is the attitude. I saw players committed. I saw players giving everything. And then uh, the other side of the game, uh, I, I don't feel comfortable to 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 comment because uh, media always reacts in a negative way when I try to give. Uh, um, Deeper explanations, which is better not to do. Let's let's stay on on the result. Let's have uh, um, the fair play, the dignity uh, to say congratulations to the opponents. And um, I take my positive feelings with with the boys. Okay, Joe. I just said the same thing to Sonny. Um, don't really need to ask you the question. I can see it written all over your face. Just tell us your thoughts after the three-one loss against United. Um, yeah, it's, you know we went in positive, obviously. Very positive after being one up half time and you know we knew we knew we were gonna be in for a second half and we had to come out and match them and do more than them and, and fight for the win. Yeah, obviously, you know, it's what happened, you know, we lost the game and it's not you know, obviously we, we don't lose any game and yeah, we just gotta to stay together and you know, pick ourselves up and we gotta go again. 
I said to Sonny, we looked good at half time though, didn't we? I mean, we were 1-0 up, we got ourselves into the game. You're expecting a tough game against this lot. And um, yeah, we were in pretty good nick at half time, weren't we? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, we can only be positive with our first half, but like I say, you know, no one, no one really looks back in the first half. It's, you know, it's, it's the final outcome. It's, it's the final result, and obviously, you know, we've we've lost the game, and yeah, it's it's a very hard one to take. But like I say, we we gotta we gotta come together and pick ourselves up and get ready for Friday. Yeah, take us into the dressing room, Joe. I mean, what, I mean, we've seen Sonny. He's at a low ebb. You you're very disappointed. I'm, I'm guessing that reflects what, what what you got in there. Yeah, of course. I, you know, I don't want to go into too much detail with it. Um, no one, no one in the team wants to lose games. You know, we all want to be winners, and you know, and obviously that's the most important thing is winning matches. And like I say, we we've, we've lost today, and yeah, we gotta pick ourselves up. And we gotta we gotta fight and go again. Yeah, take positives from today into Everton. Another tough game on Friday, and, and hopefully turn it around, eh? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, every game, every game's gonna be tough, and. Like I say, it's the most important thing is the reaction, pick ourselves up and stay positive. I'm really disappointed this afternoon. I really don't know what to say. I'm really sorry about it and feel bad. And who's being always passionate um, from from outside, from this stadium, who's supporting us. I know he's uh, really, really disappointed. I think they are more disappointed than us. So. I feel really bad and really, really sorry about it. So it's really sad afternoon. One then up at half time, lovely finish from yourself, and we looked good, didn't we? Really bothered, really doesn't bother about about the goal. So I really want to win because, especially last game as well, I came on at the half time, back from injury, we were leading and drew. And uh, especially I play today, so I want to really, really win, and I really do, you know. But yeah, I don't know really. I, do, I really don't know what to say. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. Manager was impressed with the attitude of the team. Said we kept going, kept fighting. Looks like we've got eight games left, including the cup final. We just got to take that that attitude forward, haven't we? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So I think um, eight games left um, to be. Let's. Uh, I know it's always easy to say. Let's be positive or we will do our best. Uh, yeah, I really want to do finish well this season because um, yeah, I really want. I really do. So yeah. Six points uh, behind top four. We have to get a result and we have to wait uh, for the other team to drop the points. Um, so on to Friday, Everton away. Uh, I'm going to start with you again, John, because you're you're pulling no punches tonight and, and dropping the truth bombs galore and, and brilliant. So Friday, can we, can we turn, turn it round? Personally, I can't see it. It's just, it's too far up the runway. It's gone and I can't see anything changing in five days for, to say anything different uh, to what we've seen today, to be honest. Yeah, look, can we? Yes, we've got better players than Everton, man to man, but will they be motivated? Will they have the correct instructions? Will they have the correct hunger to go up to Goodison Park on a Friday night, managed against the Carlo Ancelotti Everton side that will bang up for it? In my opinion, no. We've seen no evidence to suggest that we'll go up there and get the job done. 3-0 defeat. Wow. 
Wow. Have that. There you go. Done. That's like mic drop, that one. There you go. Lee? <laughs> well, I mean, considering when I, I just rewind to the first game of the season. Man, I love John. I love when, John when so much. John, when we had John <laughs> Venomonia and he was absolutely, I mean, John's just brilliant anyway. But when we had him on it and he, and he done Everton's team talk for them, basically, and said they're absolutely woeful and we're going to batter and we lost 1-0. So hopefully this is a bit reverse psychology in saying that they're going to beat us 3-0. I mean, look, I, I I have to echo a lot of what we've been talking about. I think most of us are on the same page here tonight. I mean, I, I, I can I can never bet against Tottenham. I'm always, like Chris, I'm always optimistic. I always believe, I always think, but they're, they're beating me down, listeners. I'm telling you, they're beating me down. I'm mo- one of the most optimistic people you'll ever meet, and I'm getting... I'm just getting fed up with it. So, and that's think, a that's a damning indictment on the club on it, its own. That Lee McQueen is absolutely like beaten down. You know, you listen to him, good people that download this every week. You know how upbeat he is. You know how positive, and he just tries to take a half glass full attitude. So when you hear like Lee talking like that. You're in a bad place as a as a as a club. Carry on, Lee. Sorry, but he actually totally. No, no, no. I appreciate it. Look, I think you know. I think we've got to go up there and we've got to get a reaction and to see a reaction. Um, I'm not sure we will. Um, and I'll probably. I think it's really, really important that we do not lose the football match because they're 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 in the run for. And I can't say top four now, so I have to say top six. I have to say Europe. They're in the run for Europe as well. So I think we, we need to get away with at least a draw. Um, but look how I'm talking. We get away with it. I mean, it's just, mm. we should be going up there and absolutely battering them. And, and we just, you know, we've got world-class players in Son and Kane. I think we've got another one on the bench that you don't play in terms of bail. But they need to they need to get involved and they need to step up and Jose needs to sort it out. But um, if we've got that interim manager in charge for, for, for next Friday, um, you never know. We might get a new manager back. Might beat might win 6-0. <laughs> Chris, what does Harry Redknapp have to do next Friday night to get a win at Goodison Park? <laughs> blimey, blimey. Do you know what? Um, Everton are playing Brighton um, on Monday night. So if they win that, um, we will then be in eighth place in the Premier League. Um, Arsenal are sitting in ninth. Uh, they won today. Uh, they're only four points behind us in the Premier League, just to rub it all in. Um, Everton are very inconsistent, though, so you, you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, their last six Premier League games, they've won three, lost two and drawn one. Uh, they've beat us twice already this season. Um, I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. Nice, nice, nice and neutral. Well done. Yes, one all <laughs> So someone's keeping their timeline quiet this week. <laughs> oh man! Listen, that was uh, uh, an incredible show. Given all what's got what's gone on, and you know what, I think we put we put a lot of ducks in the road there and got a lot off of our chest, and yeah. uh, and I think just sort of resonated a lot of where the, the fan base on on social media, at least, because that's what we see uh, seems to be. So listen, Lee. Thank you so, so much for your input and, and everything uh, this week, yet again. Cheers. Thanks ever so much. And uh, look, thanks for moving back on. Um, and look, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it tonight and that's been weird. Like, I'm not going away in a grumpy mood, actually, um, after that result tonight, um, which puts me always in the mood. Um, but uh, chatting it through and just thinking about where we are. I mean, I- I'll leave everybody with this. Uh, 
whenever you're going for a real torrid time, whenever you're going for a real bad patch, whatever it is in your life, they always say that you need to hit rock bottom first before you can start climbing back out. Mm-hmm. I hope we've already hit rock bottom, but I'm worried that we haven't. So there's still going to be some stormy, uh, stormy waters ahead, but uh, we will get back there one one day, one one time. We will get back there. It was only uh, it was only what two seasons ago that we we're in a Champions League final. So, you know, let's let's think of it from that as a positive perspective. But it is tough going at the moment, lads and listeners, there's no doubt. Very much. Chris, as ever, thank you so, so much for all your input too and uh, thoughts on uh, where we are at the moment. Brilliant. Well done, sir. Thank you very much, Crackers. Yeah, always very difficult to talk about another defeat, um, but it is just how we, you know, go forward and, and, and hopefully we can turn this around and uh, start winning again. And uh, finally, John, I wish you'd get off the fence sometimes with your opinion, honestly. You're, you're worse than Trevor Brookin, man. <laughs> no, cheers, Crackers. It's great. I've been on tonight and, ch- and chatting with the boys. And I'm not going to go as deep with Lee as the quotes, but I am going to say they always say things are better in the morning. And hopefully this time we have a new manager in the morning. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Come on, you Spurs. Keep the faith. <laughs> All right, listen, thank you once again for downloading and listening. I hope that's helped you some. Uh, Don't forget that family and friends and everything else is always more important than football. So stay safe, stay well. Just uh, listen, what happens, happens. But uh, I hope this has helped you somehow. Uh, Keep safe and well, as I said. And as always, even when it's this dark, we can always finish with a big... Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.